Genesis chapter 3 tonight. <coughs> I love to listen to these democratic uh, debates, I guess is what they call them, or arguments. And did you ever notice that everybody blames somebody else that's never their fault? I don't care what it is, they're going to blame somebody else for it. And I, I got to thinking about that, and I got to studying Genesis chapter 3. If you'll turn there, please, I want to begin in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Wherefore, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above all beasts of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Skip on over to verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments now, would you let the Holy Spirit open our spiritual minds, that we might understand the truths that is helpful for us today out of thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, contrary to popular belief today, man is not on his way up. Uh, we hear so much about uh, man is getting himself better all the time. Not according to the word of God. Now, man's basic nature is not good, but it's evil. The Bible says that we're all sinners, and we come, uh, we're sinners because Romans chapter 6, verse 23 plainly states that. Now, in this chapter, the Bible of God gives us the beginning of the sinful nature of man. Notice verses 1 through 8, here's the fall of man. Here's the, uh, sin did not begin on earth. Sin began in heaven. 
That's the reason that uh, I say all the time, if you wait to get to heaven, salvation is not in a place. Salvation is not in heaven. Salvation is in a man, Christ Jesus. And it's very important to understand that because uh, sin began in heaven. And uh, so uh, now sin had its source in the heart of an angelic being of the highest order. Uh, three chapters in, from the beginning of the Bible, the serpent Satan appears for the first time. Three chapters in from the end of the Bible, he is seen for the last time. And all between those two chapters, you have on every page of the Bible the works of Satan against God and against men. Two things here that I want you to see. The subtility of the serpent, beginning in verse 1. And the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And uh, then in verse 7, 8, you see the success of the serpent. Now, subtle, when the Bible says the serpent was subtle, it means, now the serpent was more subtle. Subtle means wise. Uh, the being that Eve dealt with was more than a match for her except for one thing. Eve had the Word of God. Now remember something, God walked and talked with her in the garden. So she had the Word of God. Did you know that that's our only weapon that we got that's more powerful than the Satan? is God's Word. You'll never win against the devil if you don't use God's Word. Now, in that Word to guide her... And as brief as it might have been in her day, she was more than a match for Satan if she used God's Word. Now, if Eve had just answered the devil with, Thus saith the Lord. Now, Ezekiel 28 and verse 12 says, makes it plain that next to Satan, or next to God, Satan, no, as Lucifer began before the fall, was the most brilliant being in the universe, and he possessed the highest of intellectual. Now, but now a fallen creature, he retains his wisdom, but it's in a warped, bent, twisted sin of wisdom. Notice his appeal to Eve in verses 1 through 5, and the serpent was more subtle, and the beast of the field which the Lord God made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Now, Satan opened his discussion with a double threefold doubt. There's something that I've said ever since I can remember since I got saved. It seems to me like if, if I seen a canyon and, and right before me and that canyon kept growing and getting towards me, I think I'd go the other way. Amen? Uh, if God planted a tree in the garden and He said, don't eat of that tree, you know what? I don't think I'd even went around it. I mean, uh, in my mind today, I know how, how smart the devil is. But the best thing you can do is when God says something is wrong, stay away from it. I laughed tonight. They were discussing on TV what's the best thing you can do uh, when it comes, what's the best thing you can do to keep from catching this virus? What would you say? That my, my, a lot of them said the best thing in the world you can do is wash your hands many times a day. That's good. But you know what's better than that? Don't go near nobody. Amen? Just stay away from them. That's all you got to do. Now, don't get in the crowd. Just stay away from everybody that's got it. 
Amen. Then you won't catch it. Now, I want to give you something. Notice uh, his appeal here. Satan first challenged the authority authorityship of God's Word. Yes, he said, has God said in verse 1? Now notice, how do you know it's the Word of God is what he's saying. How do you know God said it? Number two. Now, after all he was even present when God said it to Adam. Think about that for just a minute. God told Adam, don't eat of the tree. Eve weren't even there. She had to take it on faith. This was a direct attack on the authorityship of the Word of God. Now, having questioned the authorityship of the Word of God, and thereby its authority, the next thing the devil tells us is its accuracy. Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, I want to show you something. Back up to verse 16, uh, the same uh, chapter 2 in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. He didn't tell you you couldn't eat other trees. He said, Of every tree you can eat. But verse 17, But a tree of knowledge good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. He did not say you couldn't touch it. He said you can't eat of it. And that's that's the reason that I say all the time, I stick to the old King James Bible for this reason. I don't want to add to it. I don't want to take from it. I don't care what you say. Just leave it alone. Preach it like it is. And it's God's Word. Now, what the devil wants you to do, first of all, is doubt the Word of God and then doubt its accuracy. Now, verse 4 said, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. But God didn't say that. He said, Thou shalt surely die. Now, therefore, the whole matter of the temptation hinged on one thing. Belief or disbelief. Who would he believe, Satan or God? Did you know it's the same thing today when it comes to salvation? If you Will you believe God or will you believe the devil? Now, notice, when it comes to salvation, man's soul, God brings us back to the very point of departure and insists on belief as the great essential to salvation. Acts 16, verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Same thing. Note it. Then note Satan, Satan followed up uh, the doubt and the denial with delusion. Verse 5 says, You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You see, that's the same thing Lucifer thought and made him fall from heaven. And so he threw away innocence for conscience. And it was a miserable bargain. Eve herself added to God's word once subtracted from it twice, God had said, Of every tree of the garden thou shalt thou mayest freely eat. But Eve left out ever and freely, robbing God's word of its force. Later, she minimized the penalty. God had said, Thou shalt surely die. Eve reduced that to, Lest you die. Then she added, Neither shall you touch it. God didn't say that in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 2, and then look at chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. And the woman said unto the servant, You may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. That's adding to it. 
That's adding to the Word of God. And God won't put up with that. Notice something else. It's a damnable thing to mess with God's Word. Notice the, the appeal to Adam's emotion in verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to desire to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now the appeal uh, to Adam's emotion, remember this please, it was God's intention that headship should be invested in Adam, not Eve. Eve was created second, not first. Eve was not made for headship, but hardship. Her inmost center of rule was not her head, but her heart. Adam, on the other hand, was made to rule. His inmost center of rule was his intellect. Satan twisted God's order. He began to tempt with Eve, uh, putting her in the place of headship, knowing that Adam was made to be ruled. Uh, from his intellect, Satan shot, slanted the appeal devilly to Adam. He made an appeal to his emotions. Now, and because Satan did not tempt Adam, he let Eve do it. Did you know what I found over the years? You take that out of order in society today and you got a mess. God ordained it. I told a couple one time, I was, they was in my office and they are talking about getting married and I was talking to them in the Bible and trying to counsel with them and uh, I knew they weren't ready to get married. And uh, but anyhow, she sat there, and I said, "Now look, I when I do the the, the uh, whatever it is you do when you get married to them, uh, what? That's good. Ceremony, vows. When you do the vows to one another, I said I I insist on this that uh, the Bible says that you obey your husband. She said, "Well, I ain't doing that." I'm not going to obey my husband. I said, ain't doing a wedding. Just that simple. For this reason, I didn't ordain that. God did. Amen? And you get that out of kilter, brother, you've got a society that's in a mess. And it's proven that it starts off that way with the Word of God. You know why? Because a woman is made up different than man. God made man for uh, intellect. God made a woman for heartache for heart motions and taken care of. Now, man, you can't have that. That belongs to a woman. Amen. That does not make a woman any less. It doesn't make any man any higher. That's your place in society. God made you that way, and you cannot change it and be happy. You just can't do it. Now, Satan slanted the appeal differently to Adam. He made an appeal to his emotions. Because Satan did not tempt Adam, he let Eve do it. The Bible says she saw. Now, don't let the devil fool you into believing there's no harm in looking first. You know what the Bible says about adultery? Everybody thinks that you don't commit adultery until you do the act. No, you don't. The Bible says when you look, you lust. That's adultery. Why? Because looking leads to doing. It's just that simple. And, and if you ever get you understand that, you understand how God works. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says that that's against God. And Satan still uses these in tempting mankind. Now, next, we're told Eve took. 
You see, the aim of the devil is to turn the desire into a decision. Now, the next thing we read, she did eat. Now, next, Satan aim is to turn the choice, turn the choice into a chain. With that very first bite, she was his. She was a sinner. And John 8, by the way, did you know she didn't even know what sin was to that act? Think about that for just a minute. In John 8, verse 34, he that committed sin is a servant of sin. And then finally we read in verse 6, she gave the final aim of Satan was to turn a sinner into a seducer. There's something about goodness in every good person that the unsaved and a bad person hates. The natural man just does not like a good person. It's just that simple. Adam was not deceived in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. 1 Timothy 2, 14. But Adam sinned with his eyes open. Therefore, Adam's sin was more serious than Eve. And you get over in 1 Timothy and Romans and so on, you find that it, when God mentions the first sin that comes into the world, He does not use Eve. He uses Adam. Why? Because Eve was deceived. But Adam wouldn't. Adam sinned delivered. And so the sin hangs on man, not a woman. And we blame women. We women uh, a lot of people blame a woman for bringing sin into the world. No, sir. God blamed man. Now notice something. We have the first record of man made religion here. Their eyes were open. They knew they had sin. Uh, they sowed lick fees together and made themselves apron. That's man's attempt to cover up his sin, and it never works. Verse 8 said, They heard the voice of God and were afraid. You know what the Bible says about that? It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And remember this, the Bible says that God's anger with your sins all day long. Now the question God asked Adam is still asked today. Who art thou? You know where Adam was? Lost. He was lost. Notice some Adam searched by God. Adam forced to face his sin. Did you notice something? Adam did not seek after God. God sold after Adam. It's still true today. Man does not come looking for God for salvation. God looks for man. He searches him out. I preached on that one Sunday. I never will forget it. Uh, that... Uh, you're not here by accident. Uh, you say, well, I came because my wife asked me to come to church. Or God, I came because my husband. I came because my daddy and mama asked me to come. No, you didn't. You came under the Word of God because God got you there. He got you there in some way or another. He used something to get you under the Word of God. God came looking for you. You didn't go looking for God. I never ever forget when I got saved. I didn't have no in, I had no intention of getting saved when I went to that tent revival. I went on just a, a dare, so to speak. I just wanted to hear this whole country preacher preach. That's it. I had no intention of getting saved. But God got a hold of my heart and drove me down that aisle, and I asked the Lord to save. And I know it's true. The Bible says all of sin. Romans 3:23. Now, look at verse 10 with me for just a second. Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Adam, 
did what all sinners try to do, that is, shift the blame on someone else. She gave me, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. Did you know everybody wants to blame somebody else for their sins? I read something years ago. I, I, I studied the rise and fall of the Third Reich. That's Germany. And it's very interesting. You ought to read that sometime if you get a chance. And also read the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Do you know America's right there today? Right where they were at the time they fell. And some of the things, uh, for instance, at the Nuremberg trials for Nazi war criminals against humanity, uh, Joseph Seth, an administrative assistant, cried out, a soldier can only carry out his orders. Walter Lindquist, a battalion commander, declared, I was just a little man. Those things were done on orders from the big shots. Colonel Hess, commander of the Aquas uh, Auschwitz Center concentration camp, who personally supervised the extermination of two and a half million Jews, explained, in Germany, it was understood that if something went wrong, the man who gave the orders was responsible, so I didn't think I would ever have to answer for it myself. Herman Gehrig, the former uh, rank marshal and second-ranking man in Germany, said, we had a Fuhrer, uh, we had to obey orders. Hitler commanded suicide, or he would have blamed the Versailles Treaty. Over and over and over you find something that man blames somebody else for their sins, not themselves. Sins carries a penalty of death. Death is the king of all terrors. The last enemy, the Bible says, is death. And the ultimate ways of sin. Lastly, I want you to notice verse 20 now, down through verse 24. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothes in. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Now, I want you to watch something. It's very important here. This is the best part of this story to me. God moved to rescue the wretched creatures who had fallen so low. And number one, God did so first in grace. Verse 20, verse 21. Salvation is always through grace. Fig leaves, or man's work, will not do in the presence of God. That's self-effort. Adam discovered all depend on God's not self. That's grace. Adam's confession, he called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now, wait a minute. God had said, if you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. Where is God's proof of Adam's faith? Eve, you're the mother of all living. That's faith. Although God said you're going to die, Adam said, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Why? That's faith. Now notice something. There was a confession of his faith in God. God had pronounced the sentence of death upon the race, but God also declared that the woman's seed would bring salvation in verse 15. Notice, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance be on him. And uh, chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 15. Back up just a minute. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, 
and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And then in verse 20, he said he called his wife Eve, the name of her, and that shows his faith. No Adam's covering in verse 21 now. In verse 21. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. What a dreadful sight that must have been. Just think about it for a minute. If any of y'all have ever skinned an animal, I, I have many a deer and so on, and, and that's a bloody scene, a bloody gory sight, really. But notice, first blood is shed. You can't get that covering of skin without shedding of blood. And so the covering made there is a perfect illustration of Calvary. Verses 22 down through verse 24 now. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. I say this all the time at funeral services. Did you know death is a gift of God? Because that verse right there plainly says, It's not a good thing to live forever with sin. Amen? In this sinful body that we live in today, death is a gift of God. Notice verse 23. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed it east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I believe this with all my soul, and I believe I can prove it from the Bible. If he had eaten that tree of life, we'd have been living in sin for all eternity. But God said, no, you're not going to do that. And he wouldn't let him. That's grace. Amen. I thank God for this verse. I love that chapter. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful tonight we know you as our Savior and how wonderful it is the way you make it in steps that we can understand it, how simple it is. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. 